The following podcast has been brought to you by Catholic Digital Resources. Visit the website catholicdr.com for downloadable parish resources. At Catholic Digital Resources, you can find faith-building bulletin inserts on the Sunday Scriptures, RCIA materials, ready-made PowerPoints for catechists, faith-sharing materials for Bible study groups and small Christian communities, and much more. Download faith formation resources and evangelization tools from Catholic Digital Resources at catholicdr.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Today I'm going to let you in on a secret that the devil does not want you to know. Here's the secret. Demons do exist. They don't want you to know that because they can get away with so much more if we don't believe in them. And, this is part of the same secret, they are trying to interfere with your relationship with Christ. Because, and here's the really interesting part, because they are afraid of what you will do if you become fully aware of what you can accomplish through the Holy Spirit. I know I've been spending a lot of time in these podcasts lately talking about the devil. Most of the time I don't focus so much on evil, but we are living in critical times. We cannot solve the problems in our church if we don't face what the devil is doing and understand what we can do about it in Christ through the Holy Spirit and take the action that Christ wants to do through us. We cannot solve the problems in our world if we don't take this action. We cannot solve the problems in our lives if we ignore what the devil wants us to ignore. He wants us to ignore the reality of demonic forces and the reality of our power over them when we are united to Christ who has already defeated them. Jesus defeated the power of evil when he took evil upon himself on the cross. He took our sins onto the cross and he let it die with him. And he defeated the devil who thought he had won. He thought, you know, demons rejoiced on Good Friday when Jesus died because they thought that they had defeated the Son of God. But we know that they didn't. And his resurrection proved that. His resurrection was like going, you know, you ever hear the kids go, nah, 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 nah. That was Jesus saying that to the devil on Easter Sunday. Nah, 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 nah. I am alive. You did not defeat me. And you will not defeat anyone who follows me because they are mine and I am protecting them But we have to accept that protection from Jesus. We have to enter into it. 
Jesus doesn't want us to to just ignore evil and pretend that you know other people are going to take care of it or it's not as bad as it really seems or if we just buckle down and and, and get stronger we'll get through this um, and that's that's all we need to do um, or that that Jesus is going to come again soon and therefore all we have to do is sit back and wait because Jesus is going to come and he's going to defeat evil. He's going to conquer these demons. He's going to turn this evil world upside down and bring the kingdom of God here. The second coming of Christ is coming anytime now because we need it. Well, hey, the world has needed it for 2,000 plus years. Maybe Jesus is coming again soon. But what if he's not? You know, he told us that we're not going to know the day or the hour. The Father is holding that secret to himself. Why? Because he wants us to be Christ in the world. He wants Christians to be his hands and feet. He wants us to be the defeaters of demons now. He wants us to be the overcomers of evil now, every day not wasting any minute. Even if Jesus comes in his second coming in in all of his glory tonight, what's happening today? Who is suffering today because we are not doing what Christ wants us to do? It's time that we reclaimed what is rightfully ours as followers of Christ, a faith that works miracles, a faith that heals broken hearts, a faith that ends people's sufferings, a faith that drives the enemy out of the church, a faith that convinces non-believers that turning to Christ is a good idea, a faith that fulfills the promises that Jesus made. Read the Bible, the New Testament, and look for all the times when the supernatural happened and ask, is this happening in my life? Have I ever witnessed something like this today in, in today's world, in today's church? And if the answer is no, ask, why not? The answer is in our personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to have a personal relationship of friendship with Jesus Christ, a friendship that saves us, that redeems us from sin, that rescues us from the devil. But that is only the first step. We need to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit too. It's the Holy Spirit working through us that changes the world that fulfills the mission of Christ you know Jesus ministered in a very small portion of the world now he ministers to the entire world through us but let's look at how much the world is not being influenced by Christ that is because we who are Christians are not using the power given to us not accepting the power given to us, not living the empowered life of the Holy Spirit that only comes from having a personal, active, alive relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can get that through what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
but that's not the only way we get it. We can get it simply by praying, Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, I want to be your instrument in this world to the fullest that you want it to be. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about the ways that we can unstifle the Spirit in our lives. Three ways to unstifle the Spirit. Because you know what? We who have been given the Holy Spirit through baptism, not just baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the water baptism. When we were baptized, we received all of the Father and all of the Son and all of the Holy Spirit. But we are not living like those first Christians did in the book of Acts. We're not living like the first disciples and the first apostles because we don't know who we really are in Christ. We don't know how to release the fullness of the Holy Spirit because we are stifling the Spirit. We, in our ignorance, in our conditioning, in the examples that have been given to us in the church and in our upbringing, we have not been witnesses, although I must put a caveat in there. Yes, there are some people who have witnessed this, praise the Lord. But for the most part, we have not been witnessing what real Christian living is like. Fully empowered by the Holy Spirit, conquering evil everywhere we go. We have been stifling the Spirit, not because we want to, but because it's all we know. When we hear the truth, when we learn what is stifling the Spirit, we can then take action and unstifle the Spirit. One way that we stifle the Spirit is clericalism. We hear a lot about the damage that clericalism has been doing in our church. I really don't want to spend any time going into that now because you can look around and and see it and, and read plenty of other articles and hear other podcasts about it. But... In short, clericalism is when religious hierarchy holds on to power and control. The spirit is stifled in the church when those who are our shepherds, those who are supposed to be Christ among us, leading us as the good shepherd, as 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 servants of the good shepherd, as servants of the sheep, you know, priests are servants just as Jesus was servants. The Pope is the servant of the servants of God. We are all servants of God. And when we hold on to power and control, we are stifling the spirit because we're trying to do things our way. We're trying to use control to manipulate people or situations. You know, and yes, I'm talking about clericalism and the priesthood, but doesn't this apply to us laity too? When we manipulate circumstances to make things go right, instead of letting the Holy Spirit be in charge, letting the Holy Spirit guide us, giving the Holy Spirit freedom to act, this takes humility. The cure for clericalism is utter, complete humility. Another way that we stifle the Spirit is legalism. This is another form of taking power and control. It's wielding the letter of the law in order to control circumstances and to control people. 
It's wielding the letter of the law even when it drives people away from Christ and away from the church. When instead we should be applying the spirit of the law. Laws are good. The laws of God that he set forth. The laws of the church. They are necessary. They are good. Yes, we need to be obeying them or we are sinning. But when we let the law as rules interfere with someone's salvation. Ha! That's a humongous sin and the devil loves it. Even canon law says, it's the last canon law, says that no laws should interfere with someone's salvation. Let me give you an example, a story that happened in my own life that explains how legalism can be very demonic demonic in the sense of it accomplishes a goal of the devil. Many years ago, there used to be a young woman who came to daily mass who was not Catholic. She began to become Catholic by joining the RCIA program. She was so eager and so hungry to receive Jesus in the Eucharist that she availed herself of it. She got into the communion line with everybody else and she received Jesus and she adored Jesus and she loved Jesus and she was looking forward to entering into the fullness of the faith that the Catholic Church has to offer. But church law says, for good reason, that anyone who is not fully embracing the teachings of the Catholic Church fully understanding what the Eucharist is and placing themselves under the obedience of the Pope, under the obedience of church leadership and church teachings. Anyone who is not yet doing that as a full Catholic should not be receiving Jesus in the Eucharist because, here's the reasoning, the valid reasoning behind that law, because we are receiving Jesus without understanding what we're receiving. It's not just Jesus that we receive in the Eucharist. It's the fullness of the church because Jesus is united to the whole church. It is communion. It's called communion for a reason. It's in union with Jesus and the entire church. And if we're rejecting part of that church, then we're rejecting Jesus in the Eucharist. And we should not be receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. That's blasphemy. But this woman, in her ignorance, did not understand all of this. All she understood was she was receiving Jesus and she wanted Jesus. When she was told she was not allowed to do it, she was not only brokenhearted, she was hurt so badly that she stopped coming to church. We need to be understanding of people's ignorance when they do things the wrong way for the right reasons. Another way that we stifle the spirit is by having unbending policies. This is similar to legalism, except that policies don't carry the same weight as laws do. You can't be put in jail for breaking a policy. You know, out there in the secular world, you break a law, you can be put in jail. You break a policy, you might get a slap on the wrist. You can't be put in jail for breaking a policy. It's not the same weight. But yet, policy holders often give it the same weight and make you feel like you're bad if you break a policy. 
Policies in general are good and therefore there for a reason, but there's always exceptions that need to be made. When my daughter Tammy was four years old, getting close to turning five, she was ready to enter kindergarten. But the policy of our school district was that she had to be five by October. Her birthday is the beginning of November. She was bright. She was interested in learning. As a matter of fact, she, we used to joke, Ralph and I, my husband Ralph and I used to joke that if she didn't keep mentally stimulated with learning, she became a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> she got into trouble because she, she got bored. So we went to the school board and we explained to them that our daughter needs the stimulus of the education and she needs to get into the school system right away. She needed to enter kindergarten even though she was a month late in being born for their policy. Well, they said, no, this is our policy and we can't make an exception. We tried to reason with them and we failed. Even though this was a secular situation, they were stifling the Spirit. And this is an example of how we stifle the Holy Spirit. When we hold on to policies without stopping to pray and consider that maybe we are looking at an opportunity to make an exception, when we do that, we are stifling the Spirit. Another way that we stifle the Spirit is by trusting the lies of the devil. We do that all the time. We are surrounded by an environment that feeds us the lies of Satan. We are living in a world that is filled with the lies of Satan. The lies include anything that's negative. Negative as in it can't work. It can't be done as in, for example, there are many things that we have done in Good News Ministries that people told us can't be done. They've told us that we can't grow the way we've grown because we'll never get enough people supporting it financially. Anytime the Holy Spirit inspires you to a dream and people tell you you can't do it, that is a lie from Satan. Any idea that's unloving, any idea that is unchristlike, any idea that is hurtful or self-defeating, in other words, hurting our own selves, these are lies of Satan that we trust. I mean, how many times have you told yourself recently that you're not good enough to do something, that the obstacle you're facing is bigger than you are? Well, it might be bigger than you are, but it's not bigger than Jesus in you, is it? Any message of low self-esteem is a lie of the devil. So is any idea that's self-serving. So is any idea that is unscriptural. And so is every idea that is embraced by those who don't want to follow Christ, who don't want to do what Jesus told us to do or who want us to to do something that Jesus told us not to do. So when you hear somebody vehemently preaching an agenda, an, an idea, a, a way of living, a choice, a decision that is not holy, that is not scriptural, that is not the ways of God, that is not life-giving. You know, I think, for example, 
using birth control in order to have sex whenever you want it with whomever you want or even after marriage with your spouse but using birth control because you don't want to give life to any other people and I'm talking about those who don't have kids or have very small families you know we choose without going to the Holy Spirit and saying inspire us do you want to bring more children into this world through us you know we stifle the spirit by letting other people dictate how we think about these things that's trusting the lies of Satan another way that we stifle the spirit is by trusting our own perceptions and understanding of things in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 God says my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts in other words we need to always keep in mind that how we understand things to be is less than how the Holy Spirit understands it how we are perceiving things is missing parts of the picture that the Holy Spirit sees and when we trust our own perceptions when we trust our own understanding of things we are stifling the Spirit another way that we stifle the spirit is insufficient time in prayer for us to know the higher ways of God the higher thoughts of God for us to hear him say yes you can fulfill this dream that you have go for it in order to hear how he wants to work through us supernaturally we need to spend a lot of time in prayer we need to make sure we get to mass and use that time for prayer paying attention fully participating in the entire mass and if possible get to mass more than once a week get to mass daily we need to spend time squirreled away in a secret little place in our house even if it has to be the bathroom because it's too busy around us and the children are tracking us down and we need some peace and quiet and time alone with the Lord we need to spend some time every day with the Lord even if it means getting up earlier in the morning to get the prayer time in before we get busy with our work because we are lazy in our prayer lives we stifle the spirit and that's exactly what the devil wants us to do another way that we stifle the spirit is by choosing our own agenda over God's agenda let's say we spend time in prayer and we hear God tell us I want you to get involved in this particular ministry over here or I want you to increase your donations to the church and to other charities I want you to tithe the scripture says give 10% of your income back to the Lord I want you to give some of your tithing to Good News Ministries and help support these podcasts we could hear the Holy Spirit speak to us in other words and choose our own agenda instead now 
I don't want to get involved in that ministry. I don't want to, to go visit that sick friend. I don't want to, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm afraid that if I increase my donations, I'm not going to be able to buy something I want to buy. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. And one last way that I want to mention now that we stifle the spirit, and I'm sure you can think of more ways if you spend time in prayer on it, is mediocrity. This is doing the minimum of what being a Christian is. This is being satisfied with having a faith that is not supernatural. This is what the devil loves Christians to do. He loves it when Christians are mediocre in their faith because it means that there's a whole lot that the Lord could do through us that is not getting done. And it gives evil leeway to do what evil wants to do and spread you know evil spreads because we are mediocre in our faith the church has been infiltrated by demons because the church is being mediocre in so many ways so many places not everywhere not by everyone but we are being a mediocre church today we are not like the first church back in the book of Acts. Jesus said in Mark chapter 12 verse 30, Love the Lord your God with your whole heart and your whole soul and your whole mind and your whole strength. This is a command because anything less than that gives the devil room to work. Gives the devil room to interfere in our own lives. Think about, you know, are you employed? How much do you give your job? How much hard work do you put into it? How much effort do you put into it? How much attempts to give your best to your work do you do? If you didn't give it your best, would you stay hired or would you get fired? Would you get a promotion? Would you get a raise? So we typically put more effort into our secular jobs than we do into our faith lives and into the work of ministry, the work of continuing the mission of Christ in this world, defeating evil. If you're into sports, how much effort do you put into winning the sport, into building up your, your stamina, your strength, your skills in the sports so that you win? Compare that to how much effort you put into winning battles against the devil. Now I'm going to give you the three R's for unstifling the spirit. Three ways to unstifle the spirit. The three R's. Repent, renounce, and retreat. Repent, of course, means examining, first of all, the ways that we've been mediocre, the ways that we have been legalistic and um, trusting the lies of Satan and trusting our own perceptions, not having enough prayer time, choosing our own agenda over God's, and so forth. Repent of these things. Renounce them renounce the lies of Satan, renounce the ways that 
you have been giving into the ways of the devil. Renounce temptation. Renounce negative thoughts. Renounce negative moods and so forth. And then the third R is retreat, but retreat into prayer. You know, in military language, to retreat means that the devil is winning. We are backing away from the front lines of the battlefield. We need to retreat into prayer, not backing away from the front lines, not backing away from our responsibilities, but taking time out so that we are refortified, strengthened, equipped, given the mission and given a good understanding of our mission to boldly go forth and be the victorious warriors of Christ that we were designed to be. Come Holy Spirit, fill us. Come Holy Spirit, energize us to be fully alive in you and work for you and let Jesus work through us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Amen. This podcast was made possible by supporters of Good News Ministries who hope to strengthen and build your faith. If this episode speaks to your heart, then I ask you to pass it along to your family and friends. Share it on Facebook and Twitter. Forward it by text and email. And let us know what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. How has this episode made a difference? You can contact me through the Good News Ministries website at gnm.org or by texting me if you are one of our subscribers on WhatsApp. May I ask a favor of you? Please cover this life-changing podcast ministry in your daily prayers. And if you can, help me continue making these podcasts by becoming a sponsor. Any donation is helpful, but we are especially seeking sponsors for upcoming episodes. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.